Hello and welcome to the Lock In Podcast, the show that lifts the lid on life in the pub trade by those working in it. I'm the Morning Advertiser's editor, Ed Bennington, and with me as ever are my two co-hosts, Heath Ball and Nikki Thatcher. Heath Ball is an award-winning operator who's renowned for putting his work first and himself second. He's a poster boy for the selfless and the hardworking, grafting every hour available and being held up as a shining example to his teeth. Hang on. Hang on, this is someone else's description. You've done that joke Wor- before. <laughs> weren't you on holiday last week? No, I wasn't. Uh, I seem to be... You were in Madrid, weren't you? Oh, it's not a holiday. I went to watch the football. Oh, <laughs> sorry. You weren't at work then, I think, is there? No, I wasn't at work. I was I mean, somewhere else, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. one, yeah. yeah, yeah. Grafter. Grafter. Uh, the MA's Nicky Thatcher needs little introduction, particularly not for anyone who was at the Green King Awards the other night. Needs to say, one too many espresso martinis and the desire to compete with a scantily clad model in a giant martini glass was a night not many will forget. <laughs> Did you see that, Nicky? No, I didn't, but... She was Just, up for it. Uh, of course. But people were like, oh, is that you? No, that's not me. I'm professional I'm, I'm fostering this rumour. I'm fostering this rumour, though, that it was Nikki. Three people asked me if it was me. No. I mean, what does that say about you? Got any photos of this? Like, uh, I don't, I'll show you later. Oh. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be the judge of this, Nikki. <laughs> so, this episode, we are focusing on the difficult subject of service charges and tipping. There's a private member's bill going through the House of Lords, actually, as we speak or record, and we'll be hearing more on that later from leading Tronk expert Peter Davis of WMT Tronkmaster Services. We'll be chatting some operators about attitudes towards service charges, including Jez Nash of the award-winning Straight and Narrow, Emma Harrison of the award-winning Three Hills, and Karen Hetherington of the award-winning Ratin. That's a lot of awards. Uh, Heath, you want anything lately? No, I don't think so. No? No? Okay. No. I won't Tall, bring in that. Tallest guy in the room, up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's an award you're ever going to win. <laughs> Hairiest feet in the room. In New Zealand, I might. <laughs> Hairiest feet? Yeah, Hobbit. He's a Hobbit. Oh, right. Yeah. Keep up. Come on, Nicky. That's his whole, this his whole yeah, thing. She's, she's more of a Harry Potter person. Oh. You, you know that. You can tell. It's not a feet fetish. He's just... He's hopping. Anyway, we'll, no, we're not, we're not going to go there. Uh, we will also be hearing from Tip Jar founder James Brown and also chatting with a top food critic, Jay Rayner, who's not a big fan of tipping culture. So uh, that should be interesting. It's not like he has to pay. Company pays. <laughs> well, that's true. You can make that point to him. It's not being a cheapskate. It's on expenses, mate. Um, we are recording this in the basement bar of the Red Lion and Sun in Westminster as uh, we are near uh, the House of Commons where, or the House of Lords where the, uh, where the uh, debate is happening right now. Um, hence, it's a little bit quieter than normal. Are you happy with that, Heath? Yeah, you, we're in you a don't basement. Like a they put us in a basement. Yeah. It's quiet, though. No it's dramatic, actually. They saw you coming and went... Childhood all over again. <laughs> that was a cellar, and you were locked in it. This is a bit different. There's, like, beer taps. <laughs> yeah, I can handle and that. And things here, and yeah. toilets and everything. But, uh, and it's the Red Lion. What did I say? Red Lion and Sun. No, no, he said lion. the Red Lion. He didn't say Sun. No, he did. Definitely did said Red Lion yeah. and Sun. Okay. I'll have to go back and edit that. And this bit will look weird now, won't it? And it's oh. Karen Errington. You said Karen Hetherington. You know what? I should really get you to read my... I did send you my script. Where's the, where's the subbing? But when I was on the train and had fuck all signal... <laughs> Can we just time. move along, please? I, I think Nikki's a little bit hungover <laughs> from, a, from a long weekend in Manchester and quite... You're at a Witherspoon's thing. at breakfast. That's tragic. <laughs> on a Sunday morning. That, that's, like, that, that's like red flags. Like, <laughs> Nikki's got a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> See the pints are cheap up there. Cheap up there. Yeah, absolutely. That's what, where we go. How much? Mm, I want to say one ninety five. That's ridiculous. Mm. It's a little tradition we do when we go up. We go there on a Sunday morning before we come home. I've got it. Andrew Bailey 
you know, is, we're going to talk about it soon. We just need to all be Witherspoons operators and keep our prices at that. And we're done. Well, let's come on to that. So uh, this week, obviously, we we've had the uh, the budget. Um, Heath, happy? Oh yeah, always. I, yeah. I, I love this government. They're right behind hospitality. They realise how important it is for a healthy, wealthy nation to be, you know, enjoying themselves and you know, not just you know, drinking their sorrows, but enjoying themselves in, in you know hospitality venues across the country. And that's why they've absolutely screwed us again. I mean, that's remarkably succinct and to it's, the point, Faith. It was, that yeah. wasn't too bad. Um, yeah, I must admit, yeah, not 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 a not a, a raging success of a budget, uh, particularly the war mail comment, which kind of shows how in touch the uh, Chancellor is with the pub. Mm. The last time he was there was probably when 1930s. I don't know. No, I don't it just know. it just seems to make such a big deal about you know like pretending to care about the sector and then nothing. Oh, it's, really. It, it, like, <laughs> I, I, they they are just ridiculous. This whole government. Well, let's uh, let's hope that for not too long. Maybe um, I know oh you'll probably edit this out, but maybe <laughs> maybe we all get together and we have a little fund and we go around approaching MPs and we say we'll give them money <laughs> if they look after us a bit. Well, you know they can consult for our industry and we give them like ten grand a day. I think it was I think it was one and a half grand an hour. One of those. So, yeah, it was one and a half. Yeah, like come on, Matt Hancock, come on. There might be a few of them upstairs. In a little while, yeah, so. that's true. You can go and have a word, Heath. Mm. Mate, they don't care. We know this, and I've said that a million times before. They do not care about the sector, and they, it's all smoke and mirrors, and they're too busy going, oh, look at fly tippers, and look at this, and they're all like distractions all the time. And the reality is, you know, we're going to see really good businesses go to the wall because this government, that, that we're unfairly taxed. We've seen it before with VAT. In Europe, it's so much cheaper than here, and all we do is just get run into the ground. Uh, and on that note, the uh, Governor of the Bank of England very helpfully stood up and asked us not to put prices up because we were fueling inflation at the same time of which he put up interest rate, mm. which makes things easier. So at the same no, time, can you go and talk to the energy companies about bringing our prices down so we don't have to fuel inflation because everything's got more expensive? This is why I don't and then can have a word to Putin about stopping the war in Ukraine as well. This doesn't is what I do not understand, that the, the Bank of England seems to be completely out of touch with what's causing the inflation, and it's entirely down to utilities. We're putting our price up because of the utilities, yet they put up interest rates to curb spending when that's not the problem because people aren't. Inflation isn't being fueled by people. We're not going out, and going buy, out and yeah, spending. Yeah, we're not going out and buying loads it's of stuff. Fueled we're by the fact f- we're all having to pay a fortune for our electricity and gas and everything it's, else. It's, so. We're the highest. We have the highest energy in the world now. Prices mm. in the world. It's ridiculous. Mm. And obviously, food and all the supplies as well, putting their prices up as well as the yeah, energy, and petrol. So. You know, we have the thing with petrol mm. that's coming down a bit, mm. but everybody puts. It's just at what point do we tank out? Mm. And then we're looking at we're going to have another banking crisis by the look of it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's all we're going to have another credit crunch. We'll have a credit crunch, but this time the big banks are going to be okay. Mm. Yeah. Uh, April is fast approaching, which will mean the end of the uh, energy well, support. This week ended. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is true, uh, and probably after this has gone out, it will have ended. So, um, yeah. Man, there's going to be the problem is you, there's so many operators. I, I'm reading on social all day long. Good businesses just going, we won't be able to afford it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And then what do they do? Mm. They go, they literally go to business. People lose their jobs, people lose their livelihoods because we've been held ransom by these crazy energy bills. Mm. No, it's nuts. Um, we mentioned Spoons a minute ago, even they're having to put their prices oh, yeah, what is up. It? Uh, Two pounds and one pence. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, that's when the, uh, the masses will start revolting. You have to pay a bit more for a, for a pint of the spoon. They'll still be busy, though. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they'll still be busy because it'll be the cheapest place to drink. Mm. You know, mm. Other than at home. Well, it's probably cheaper to drink in the pub, but with the spoons, it is. 
well, it, it's it's close, and I think that's yeah. what he's aiming for, really, isn't it? But uh, uh, the other story that, that sort of caused a bit of a, uh, a fury, certainly amongst Stonegate tenants, is um, they're now having to buy their branded glasses through the business. How much are they getting charged? As oh, I can't like, it was like seventy-five pounds for twenty-four Moretti glasses. No. I'm pretty sure that's what I oh, saw. I thought you were going to say like a couple of quid. No, oh. it's, it's 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 not insignificant, and it's then, surely the brand, the brands should be supporting that. Yeah, but they're not. They're not. They've been told not to supply. Or they're apparently they're supplying through Stonegate, and not Stonegate are doing pub. deals to the pubs. Apparently, fifty percent off. Um, and they we've always charged for this, but now the pubs can't get them from the brands themselves. So, so we've got a lot of quite cross uh, tenants. Oh there. man, yeah. if I was a tenant, I'd just go and buy loads of really shit. Uh, different brand glasses and just put all the Moretti yep. would be walking and going what the hell's going on there what, what's that glass and go oh something I got from Thailand it's a beer over there I'm putting you beer in that <laughs> and they'd be going no you can't do that and you go well, what are you going to do about it I can't afford to buy those ones mm. I'd have the shittest glasses you could ever possibly imagine oddly enough that's what a lot of the operators are good saying. on them yeah buy unbranded glasses or put them in the rock just see what happens. It's like when you get Guinness in, a, in like a really shit glass yeah you know I mean? the trouble is that I mean yes you're right it would but you're also delivering a lesser experience to the customer, aren't you? I mean, because we all really care that our, our glasses are... Yeah, but at the same time, you're sticking it to the man, aren't you? But also, they <laughs> might, might reduce their glass dealing because if it's just a boring plain glass, people aren't going to want to take it home, are they? But this is the thing. It's the cool brands right, always like customers taking their glasses mm. home and putting them in the cupboard because mm. every time they've, they've got their they brand at the home yeah. and now suddenly, you know, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's a bit. It is a bit. Uh, well, on that note, let's park that one there and uh, get on to the main topic, which is uh, services and tipping. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast, and we're focusing on service charges and tipping in this episode. I'm delighted to say we've got an industry legend on to discuss this with us, top food critic from The Observer and broadcaster Jay Rayner. Jay, thanks for joining us. It's an absolute joy and a pleasure. Marvellous. Well, we'll see if you say that at the end, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah, get that first. Yeah. Um, let, let's just start with the basics. I mean, there, there is a difference between a, a tipping and a service charge. Um, I mean, it's tell me what it is, Ed, because well, I don't understand. This, this is what I, this is what we've got Heath for, because uh, Heath sometimes knows what he's talking about. Okay. Not very often. So, come on, Heath. What is the difference? Okay. So, a tip. If you leave a member of staff a tip, and there's no service charge on the bill, and you leave a tip. The member of staff takes that, and it's their obligation to declare that income to HMRC. Which obviously they're going to do. Okay, yeah, no one does. <laughs> and if it's a service charge, it's on the bill. There's optional service charge and there's compulsory service charge. Most people go the optional route because there's different tax involved in compulsory. So if it's an optional service charge, that usually generally you run a trunk system, which is run through a bank account, which many member staff oversees, and the tips are distributed, supposed to be evenly. What, right. what happens is a lot of companies then come in and swoop. You know, from right. the top, they take the cream off the top, and they say it's to do with charges, administration. Yeah, there's mm. a lot of there's a lot of thieving going on from operators in this in, the, in that sort of way. And you mentioned sort of compulsory and non-compulsory. I mean, is because I've always understood that uh, service charges is is. I think the, the problem is a lot, a lot of operators won't do compulsory because if it's compulsory, there's a VAT liability associated with that because then it's treated as income. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But if it's it's optional, then it's not treated as income. Is that any clearer, Jay? Well, you see, here's the thing. I'm quite bright. I'm, I, I mean, I don't want to overstate this, but, you know, I've been around, 
got a degree 35 years ago. So um, I, I like to think of myself as quite clever. I've been reviewing restaurants for 24 years. And despite that, and my best endeavours and all the journalism have done, I still find this stuff opaque as a diner, as yeah. a punter. Yeah. When I'm sitting there and the bill turns up, what money goes where? And, and it's also changed over the years. So... 24 years ago when I started doing this, most bills might, um, well, most bills didn't actually mention a service charge of any kind. Mm. And you left a tip because that's kind of what you did. And then the optional service charge started coming in. And then sometimes the compulsory service charge, it's a mess. It's an utter, utter mess. Um, I don't think consumers punters like it but there is a bigger point which should be more serious for the hospitality business which is what it means for the people doing the jobs do you want me to rant now or would you like there are enormous numbers of jobs where nobody gets a tip um nikki your news editor, for example, if she produces a great uh, news list for, for the edition of the mag, be a miracle, um, I, I suspect you do not say, here, have an extra 50. You right. don't. Um, we don't tip our don't lawyers. We don't tip our accountants. <laughs> there, there are enormous numbers of jobs. In fact, almost all jobs, we don't tip. But then we get to this thing called hospitality, where the staff are put in a literally servile position because they are dependent for how well they do on the caprices of their customers. And it downgrades the business of hospitality. It makes it a less than professional business. What I would love is if I knew that the people who were serving me were being paid a proper wage... Um, and we're not dependent on something called a tip or a service charge, that all of that was scrapped. Um, and so that I, I didn't have to worry about how they were doing or whether I was leaving enough or actually what the whole bill was going to be. So that it was all rolled up into the prices. Lots of people complain, well, then, I mean, th this won't work. How can it works in Japan? It works in Australia. It works in France. I don't understand why it can't work in the UK. Uh, we need to reform this because right now hospitality is in a serious, serious hole they can't get the staff and i don't blame people for not wanting to work in it because it's a bloody nightmare i mean you're to a certain it's a question i'm, I'm going to be asking the operators we've got on later after you jay you know in terms of does it having a service charge almost but does the, send out the wrong signal yeah, doesn't it like we don't got, pay our staff enough okay or, it's not that the problem you've got is when you i'm on both sides of the fence here like because i i don't like service charge myself but I, it's a necessary evil where we are right now but the problem you've got is if you roll it into your prices then suddenly you're paying the vat on that as well so you're paying 20 you, you know right now with service charge the staff only pay a flat rate of 20% and they don't pay national insurance contributions if we roll it into there they're going to pay I think operators have tried to do it before and it doesn't work mm. Heath let's, let's think of a new future rather than trying to um, come up with one based on the system now I've said repeatedly I've said it in columns in the Observe the Fine Liberal newspaper for which I write <laughs> um, that it cannot be beyond the wit of the hospitality industry to start lobbying and eventually sit down with the treasury to say, we need a new deal. We need a new, obviously it can't work at the moment because the tax arrangements around service charges and tips are, are a nightmare. It's not going to work as things are. You have to think of a different um, settlement, it, it, whether that is, and actually I think this is a very good idea, um, a lowering of VAT for hospitality. That may be the overall well, solution. What, so instead of being 20%, for. it's 15% or 16%. And then, which would actually be a very good idea and would bring us into line with many other countries in Europe 
who also have much lower VAT levels than the UK does. Um, no, you, you cannot reform the system of, of mm. tips and service as things stand, but I think we have to think a bit more broadly and perhaps a little more imaginatively than that. I mean, you, you're not the first to mention VAT, uh, Jay. Um, I imagine it's people a very exciting sh- People will be shouting at their, uh, whatever they're listening to on this, because it's something that the hospitality industry has been campaigning and screaming for and, and being widely ignored by the government. So my fear is that any suggestion of reform of taxation, things like that, is, is falling on business. stony they ground. They won't do it with business rates. They won't do business rates, they won't do VAT. But, um, I, I mean... You never know, we might get a new government quite no. soon. <laughs> mm, please, God. You, you, fingers crossed. Please, God. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Um, it's, I, I don't know. I mean, is, is there any place for, from your perspective, as, as an, an experienced eater out, Jay, uh, is there any place for tipping in, uh, in, in that place? I mean, they, would you tip for good service? Is there, I mean, what, what's your thoughts on that? I do tip. Mm. I mean, I do it. I pay all of them, partly because I don't want... <laughs> I don't want to be that bastard from the observer who came in and gave us a, a review and didn't tip the tight song. I, I do because that is the way the system works. Um, I generally, you know, either just accept what's there. I don't put extra on top. If there's a service charge at the bottom of the bill, I mean, one of the ones that drives me nuts, and it only really happens in hotels, is where they leave the gratuity slot open on top of a service charge. Oh, yes. And that's... I'm, as far as I'm concerned, is double dipping. Yeah. But the fact is, I said right at the beginning of this, obviously I'm not very bright because I don't understand how the whole damn thing works. And if I don't understand it, I guarantee the vast majority of customers do not understand it either. Um, you know, we, we just need to come up with a new system where people in hospitality know that they're getting a reasonable, you know, a reasonable wage for the job and do not have to worry about the caprices of their customers. I mean, this is the chat. I mean, Heath, you, 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 you pay well for your staff yeah. anyway, um, but they also get a considerable amount. I mean, no, they get all gate, the they get all the service charge. Yeah, so they I mean, they 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 would want you to carry on. Yeah, but my staff retention that, rates are ridiculous. Mm. You know, my manager's been there fourteen years. I've got my, my head chef's been there twelve. No one leaves because the money's but so we, good. But we, it does create the other problem, doesn't it? And it's one we've talked about before, where you've got GMs that are, that are on a fixed salary. Uh, that aren't getting benefiting from the. From no, my, the all my all my staff uh, they share uh, it all. You do, but I know yeah. other operators. I know we have had this conversation with operators saying we can't. The GMs are earning less than the front of house staff. You see, we're having two conversations mm. here. Yes, you're 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 talking about the world as it is, mm. and I want to talk about the world as it should be. Uh, <laughs> well, give give, us, give, give us your vision, then. Is it just a purely better pay, and no service charge, no tips? And no service charge, no tips. When you look at the prices on the menu, you know that's what you're going to be paying. You should be able to calculate exactly what your bill's going to be at the end. Mm. And um, people then say, how, well, how do you show your gratitude to the staff? You say thank you. <laughs> but as we do this in New Zealand... I know, it's extraordinary, isn't it, this yeah. idea yeah. That, that people should be paid properly. You know exactly what you're going to be paying on the bill. That's it. It's done. And suddenly, people working in restaurants, in hospitality, in pubs, are just the same as accountants, lawyers, and even as Nikki, your news editor. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, that would increase the costs on, on the menus, though. That would then put a, put a premium price onto things. We've got a cost well, of just, living It would prices. just actually show you the realistic price of what it's going to mm. cost you. But if we had lower tax... Because the tip would disappear off the end. Yeah, yeah. if we had lower tax... Then you could absorb, could absorb some it. of that into We can't it, absorb yeah. anything right now. Yeah. 
I mean, do, do we think that the, the cost of living crisis is going to impact on the generosity of customers when it comes to tipping? You're going to have more awkward conversations, Heath, with people saying, I don't want to pay that service charge for you opening a bottle of wine for me. No, I never do that. <laughs> ne- never on drinks. <laughs> I don't know. I, like, people, are, I, I have no complaints right now about it. Mm. Or are people going to be typically British about these things? And well, just they'll go home and complain later. later. And then, yeah, and then yeah, get yeah, on TripAdvisor trip and sign them off. Yeah, <laughs> that's about right. Um, Jay. Thank you. A brave new future from you. Um, I think I'll uh, keep banging on about it, and people will. I'll tell you the ones who really get really cross with me. Uh, there are a, a couple of professional people who operate trunk systems, mm. and they hate it when I say this because basically I'm I'm proposing a future that puts them out of business. They Wait. don't like it at all. But I'll keep banging on about it. And thank you for having me on and letting me bang on well, about it once more. Ed. Thank you very much. We have got one of those on later, so I'm sure he'll be delighted to know that we've been speaking to you. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Lock In Podcast with myself, Ed Beddington, Nikki Thatcher, and Heath Ball. We're focusing on tipping and service culture in the pub sector in this episode, and we've got some great award-winning operators with us today. We've got Karen Errington of the Rat in Hexham. We've got Jess Nash of the Straight and Narrow in Lincoln, and Emma Harrison of the Three Hills in Bartlow. So, guys, thanks for joining us. Hi there. Hi. Thank you. Uh, I think it's fair to say we've got the divide here as well. Uh, Emma, you've introduced a service charge uh, of 10%, I believe. Um, Heath, yep. you do a service charge as well. Um, and Jez and Karen, you guys don't. So uh, we're going to have a little bit of a discussion around sort of the, the, the various motivations and thoughts on that. Um, let, let's start with, with uh, um, Jez and Karen. Um, why don't you guys do a service charge? Karen, do you want to start off? Yeah, um well, basically, we never had a service charge. Um, we're predominantly a pub, and I think, for me, a service charge didn't sit well with the, with us in the area that we are and our our customers. I just I don't think they would take a, a service charge, so it's not something that we've ever done. I mean, you're, you're quite food focused, though, aren't you? So um, you're an award winning food food pub. You're in our top fifty gastro list. Uh, is it? It's never been something that you've considered. No. Um, we are predominantly food-led, but we do view ourselves as a pub, and to me, it's quite a casual dining thing. We don't call ourselves a restaurant. Mm. So people can come in, they can just have a pint and a packet of crisps, or they can have a full-blown three-course meal. And adding a service charge for us, I just feel it wouldn't fit with what we do. No. And I don't think it would fit with our customers either. But how do you how do you manage? Do you assume that your customers leave tips? They do, but they, not all of them do. But how do you, um, how do you manage that from a tax point of view? Well, we collect the tips and we pool pool them between all the staff, so um, all the front of house staff um, and back of house, right down to the kitchen porter, they all get a share of the tips. And it's done on a pro rata basis, and it's added on to their pay slip at the end at every week. They get it weekly. But you add um, on, so you're adding on as a separate trunk, or are you running it in through the main payroll? We're running it, we're running it through the payroll, but it shows up on people's pay slip as tips. It's but, specified on their pay slip. But then you're also like with if you had a separate payroll, you'd only be paying twenty percent flat. You are now you're, they're actually paying national insurance contributions on top of that as well. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. But um, the reason we took control of it is 
everywhere I've worked and even down to when we first started out a long time ago, there's always problems with tips. Mm. There always like, seems to be some unfairness in the way that they're allocated. And once we've taken control of it, it's all done properly and people are covered, they've paid their tax and whatever, and then they get the tip at the end of the week. Yeah, the pay, the, what I'm trying to make the point is they're paying too much tax. You're saying if it was done um, slightly differently, if it, was, if it was done separately, like if you ran a, a trunk payroll and... Maybe, yeah. yeah you, you, Perhaps you, you, we could do that. Yeah, you, legally you'd be paying less tax. What I'll do that. is I'll, uh, I'll get Heath to uh, <laughs> call you as a consultant after <laughs> this thing and uh, he'll, uh, he'll charge you a... Uh, we've, we've done it like this for a lot of years and we think it's the fairest way. Well, I'm not, yes. I'm not, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm not no. saying it's not fair. No. I'm just no, saying... I know what you're saying. I'm just saying, saying you, could, you, you could, could actually... We could do it in a better way. Yeah, you could actually... Yeah, your staff would be paying 7.5% less. Yeah. yeah, in tax. Okay. Um, Jez, you you don't do a service charge. You're you are a wet lead pub, though. I mean, what what's what's your thoughts on it on it? And and again, what's how do you handle the the the, the tips and things like that if people do give a tip? Well, I mean, I would first of all, I'd, I'd like to do it, but um, I think I, I think we're based in Lincoln, which is kind of halfway up the country, and I I, I don't think our customers the same as um, I, I agree would like it at all, and mm. I think we would. Operationally, it would create a lot of barriers. I think we would spend a lot of time um, extracting the, the um, service charge from people's bills. Um, interestingly, I was talking to a friend of mine who is general manager of uh, a bar in, in Soho. and Because um, we're, we're very much a... a you, you turn up, you, you order your drinks, there's no table service. We're, we're a lively late-night venue. Mm. And, um, and so I think it would be difficult to add a service charge in there. But my friend, who does run a table service uh, venue in a top fifty cocktail bar, mm. he um, he said they don't do it because they found that they actually get more this by not offering it. He said um, he finds that people will pay the service charge and that will be it. Mm. Um, whereas, um, and also there's the issue of if people have to pay it or it's built in already. Um, they might feel like that perhaps the, the, the staff aren't going to try as hard, which, you know, in, in we know is not mm. not the case. And I, I kind of, I, I, I'm, I'm all for paying the staff as much as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, listening to um, how you do, we do a similar thing with our tips, and it's very hard to do. It's very difficult to uh, make sure it's all correct. They're, you know, everybody's tax liabilities is solved and sorted. And... Um, but also, we don't really have that tipping culture. Certainly in the in the north, it's not, you know, it's not like it is, you know, um, in America where it's it's expected up here. Like there's a bit of resistance to it, and it's it's quite sad to see, really, because you know I'm sure you guys, your your staff, do mind pull in a shift every day of the week, and they work really hard doing it. So it, it, it's tough, but I think for me, I think the solution is maybe trying to get a bit better awareness for the customers of people not just in hospitality but in the service industry in general of kind of appreciating the hard work that people do and that would be sort of my mm. ideal way of solving mm-hmm. I mean I think that's true sorry go on, go on, Karen. I think yep. what you were saying was is true there I think um, tips are a motivation for the staff and you know when people leave a good tip 
you can see that the, the staff get a lot of pleasure out of that. And I think that's important, too, in terms of service. It's a motivational thing. Whereas I think if it was a set amount on a bill at the end of each service, it makes no difference. I mean, I'm not going to say that people don't give good service because that's what we want to do. But I definitely think it is a big motivation for people. They'll come and say to me, oh, that table 10 left a really good tip. And I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, well done. So I think there is that aspect of it as well. And I think from a customer perspective as well, what you said is true. Sometimes you get, I think overall, you'd probably get more money with a service charge. But certain people would tip more than the service charge, whereas that, that decision to reward that particularly good service is taken away if it's specified on the bill how much it is. I, I agree. And also, is, you know, I, I, I'm a tipper. I've been in this industry all my life, but I always tip anyway. I tip my dentist. Mm -hmm. I'm like that kind of person. I'm, I'm like anyone who does good work for me gets gets something and that's just who i am but um don't get any ideas thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's uh but you're right it does um you know so if i go into a bar as a customer you know i'll come in and i always like to, i like to tip because i love to see a good bartender and i love mm -hmm. to see it and I, mm -hmm. and I love to reward it but also you know full disclosure is the first time i go in i do like to tip because then there is that I always think that kind of might increase my chances of getting served um, maybe a bit quicker mm -hmm. next time around. Mm -hmm. But it's also that kind of unspoken handshake that we have in the industry of kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the good guys. I'm not going to play you up. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, there is th there's that kind of aspect to it for me as well. Okay, so uh, Emma, let's bring you in then. Uh, you have introduced the service charges. Has that changed your mind now, listening to that? No, um, we never we never had a service charge mm. originally, and we found that tips were very erratic. And also with large tables, and we do a lot of large tables, they would always under tip because with large tables mm. they get drunk, they they then are shocked when the bill comes, and mm. and often with large tables they want to split it, and of course then the tip gets forgotten about. So we decided, I think it was probably years ago, to introduce a ten percent tip, which is obviously discretionary. I mean, it almost always gets paid, and we often get tipped above that in cash, and and that so that cash tips all go into our cash tip box and get shared out once a month equally amongst everybody, and the uh, ones that go on to the bill all get shared out equally. They even get shared out with our housekeeping staff because, as far as we're concerned, it's the whole team that gives the you know the feel of the place and the quality of the place and so we reward absolutely everybody from the you know person who cleans the loose to the head chef to every everybody gets an equal share um and i've also found i mean our tips are about the same every single month per hour and you know it's the only way you can give people something above minimum wage because it's so tough in this environment to pay a decent wage and we'd all like to and the tips i see it is a fantastic way of really increasing their hourly wage. I guess that that, that is the, the that's one of the, the double-edged swords of this, doesn't it? it, it, it having a service charge reinforces potentially that, that, that the wages are lower. Okay, minimum wage, yes. Um, but we're, 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 we're still at the lower end of that and the tips are on top. I mean, Heath, do you, what's your thoughts on that? What? On me? On, on, on the, the, the mixed message that a service charge sends that you are paying your staff enough for... <sighs> 
I, I, don't, I don't think customers care. I don't think they're really looking at it. Like, mm. do, do we think that, oh, they've got a service charge and not paying the staff right? I don't think so. Mm. I mean, that's the American sort of thing. Yeah, that, suppose, that's where that, that, that element com- comes yeah, from. Punters coming back in time and time again, they see the same customers, the same staff. They're going to know you're looking after your staff. People don't hang around in bad places to work, do they? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean... <laughs> Karen, is it, it listening to that? Was is, is this something that you think you'd uh, you would revisit, or or do you think it's just not not right for you guys? Um, I, I see the thing with the big tables because we do see that. For example, say if you have a table of twelve, you're certainly not going to get the same tip that six tables of two would leave. You know, mm. they they look at the bill at the end and they won't leave like. 10 or 20 pounds you won't get the, the value of the tip from a big table so it is something i have to are <laughs> they are hard work you're right they are hard work and then all this splitting of the bill at the end and yeah. like we we've stopped that now we've we always present the bill and say like sort it out yourself and then we'll take the payment <laughs> because it's it you can have one member of staff stood at a table for 20 or 25 mi- minutes mm. in a busy ship trying to get the payment from everyone and you can can every time they'll be the last person to pay, will be stuck with a few things that people have forgotten about, and then that leaves a bit of a sour taste. So <laughs> I do, I would consider imposing a charge on tables of more than six. I have thought about it before mm-hmm. because, yes, they are hard work and they don't give the tip that you would get from smaller tables. So mm-hmm. I maybe would consider that. But I, you know, I've done this job for a long time and. You know, what keeps me going with it is listening to what people say. And I hear people discussing other places locally. And I'm not saying it's the same. One one size doesn't fit all. Like, we're not in a city. We're in a very rural area. We've got a lo- lot of older customers. And, you know, I hear them saying, oh, there's this X amount of service charge at that place over there. You know, we're not going back because of that. So there is an element of that. I do listen to what people are saying that. You know, so mm. I do take that into consideration, but you know, I take on board that perhaps in a city or people are more used to having a service charge on. Also, I think restaurants people expect it, and I, I don't think people will ask. I know it's discretionary, but I don't think people are up for asking for that to be taken off the bill because it makes them feel mean and yeah, perhaps yeah. they are mean. But do you, do, you, do you get many Emma that, that sort of say no, we don't want to pay it? Yeah, Pardon? we we do. Oh, sorry. We, sorry, did you ask me? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we do, but it, as as you've just said, it does tend to be tied to uh, people who've got a complaint, and it's actually that's just the only hard thing about it is when they say, "Would you take the service charge off?" Very occasionally, they'll say it's because we want to pay cash, which is lovely. But more often than not, it's you know we've got a gripe and. By the way, the gripe's not necessarily with the server. It might be with the fact that the food's come out slowly or something like that. And that that makes it really awkward. But I think 95% of our tables, I mean, we just don't have an issue. Uh, we're, we're very, very restauranty. We're a pub with a good restaurant. And so it just, it was easier for us, I think, possibly than than, than you. Yeah. Uh, so how, how high can you go on a service charge? <laughs> you're what, 12? Oh, 12 and a half. 12 and a half. Emma, you're 10. I mean, I'm 10, yeah. I've We're got, not in a city. We're very, very rural. I've yeah. got mates, yeah, I've got mates at 15. Be, 15%. I've got mates at 15%, yeah. But they're what, being central London? Yeah, central London. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I just think the prices are 
high anyway. We've had to put our prices up lately and we feel like we're about at the limit of what we can do with rising costs. And I, I feel like if I, if I was to impose a service charge at this moment in time, then it could be it could backfire. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's the right time to consider yeah. doing something like that. Yeah. One thing I've seen that I'm kind of looking into, I think I saw it in a head of steampunk and it was a... Um, it was a terminal that was just like a freestanding terminal that said tap to tip. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen this. Mm. And I thought that was a great idea because that just kind of, it's a good way of getting people to, to sort of tip for service, maybe as they're leaving or they're stood at the bar or they just walk past and do it. Mm. And and it's something that I'm, I'm sort of looking at doing as a way of maybe just getting that. And, and I quite like the fact that it's separated from, because again, like we're, we're wet led, we don't do table service. Mm. Um, and so we could station these at slightly less busy parts of the bar. And that might be something yeah. that, um, mm-hmm. something o- certainly. O- oddly enough, Jess, we have got uh, the uh, the founder of Tip Jar, which is one of those services on later. So we will uh, we'll be talking well, to him amazing. about that. Uh, well, well, to yeah, that. And the other reason that we introduced a tip was because I was lying in bed at night thinking, oh, God, you know, are the staff, is it all being handled right? Is somebody going to come after me because they're not paying their taxes? Mm. And it, I just wanted to get rid of that. Mm. Alongside, we also got rid of cash at the same time. I mean, right. Occasionally we have cash tips, so we got rid of cash completely. So you're so cashless, right. We're mm-hmm. completely cashless. We have been for three years now, and it was just cleaner yeah. to that way rather than have all this cash at the end of every week that I was having to count up and divide up and then potentially have somebody say to me they're not paying their taxes and I'm the one who's responsible I didn't want it no no, it's a valid point it's a valid point well guys I'm afraid we are out of time uh, but thank you very much for uh, for those views This is the Lock-In Podcast, and we are talking about tips and service culture. There is a private member's bill going through the government at the moment on this very issue, and it's actually been debated today. So, to tell us all about it and what it means, I'm delighted to welcome the Trunkmaster himself, Peter Davis of WMT Trunkmaster Services. So, Peter, thanks for joining us. That's great. Nice to be here, Ed. No worries. I mean, you'll be delighted to hear that we had Jay Rayner on earlier, who um, I believe you guys uh, know each other and your, your differing views on uh, on service culture. We do. Um, I think we've engaged on social media before. You know, I respect Jay. In fact, I respect uh, the fact that lots of people have different takes on things. And I think what I would always say is it's horses for courses. It's what's right for your business and the people who work in your business and the customers who come to your business. Diplomatically put, very good. Right, okay, please, let's let's move on to, uh, let, let's start with the basics. Um, what's the bill that's being discussed at the moment? What is it aiming to do and how is that going to change things for operators? Okay, what the bill is designed to do is to make sure that when a customer um, comes to a hospitality business and chooses to either tip or pay a service charge, that that money is going to end up in the hands of the team who have looked after them, and it's not going to be kept by the business um, or used to pay other costs and other overheads. 
Now, the majority, in fact, the, the vast majority of businesses are already in that place. But unfortunately, the government's view is that there have been a small minority who have chosen not to do that, who have proven immune to pressure, both from the government, the media, um, and that it's only legislation that will give customers the confidence of knowing that when they do pay that money, it will go to the staff. So I think that fundamentally what the bill will do is deliver consumer confidence and it will deliver a level playing field and it will stop the small minority of businesses who have perhaps not behaved well from continuing to do that. I mean, you, you say it's a small minority. I mean, my, my concern when I hear that is that, that sort of, the, is this a sledgehammer to crack a nut then? If, if the vast majority are are doing the right thing, like Heath, amazingly, not usually that he's doing the right thing, but if, if they're doing it, is is it, do we need legislation then? Is, that, is, is it a bit sort of uh, gold plating on top? I mean, I think it's not just me that says it's a minority. Um, the government have said the same. They they say that they accept that most businesses operate in a way that they will consider fair. Mm. I suppose the problem is that we've all seen, heard, or maybe even experienced of a business that hasn't behaved well. Um, stories come up in the media from time to time. And I think the government's view has been we gave the sector a number of years to sort this out mm. and whilst there have been a lot of changes and the government acknowledged there's been a lot of change the fact is that some bad practice still exists and the government's view is that only legislation will now deal with that um, and as I say that's to give consumers confidence but also to protect the people who work in those businesses as well. Okay. So, I mean, the, the bill was being discussed in the House of Lords today. What, what was happening? What, where were we at with this at the moment? Okay. So, today, today was what's called the committee stage within the House of Lords. That is where peers can either lay formal amendments to the bill or where they can debate in detail the bill on a line-by-line, clause-by-clause basis. Um, and it's really an opportunity for the Lords to do what they are there to do, which is scrutinise legislation. Now, peers today chose not to do that, and the bill passed its committee stage in about 25 seconds. <laughs> now, I think one of the reasons for that is that a number of peers did raise points. Uh, 25 seconds, I was watching it, I was watching the stopwatch as well. Um, so who says the Lords can't move quickly when the mood takes them? Um, in all seriousness, um, in the second reading, which was the last stage, a number of peers did make comments about areas of the bill that they thought had the potential to give unintended consequences that could be bad for business or bad for staff. The minister had said that he felt that the appropriate time to look at this was during the public consultation on the code of practice that will come once the bill has been passed through Parliament. And I would suspect that what that has done is that has reassured peers that these, these points haven't been forgotten but are going to be dealt with at a later date, which is why I think we saw the bill um, proceed very quickly. It's only got one more stage to go in the Lords um, before it goes to the King for royal assent. I would be incredibly surprised now if any of the text of the bill changes before it comes into law. I think today was the, um, the last time that there could have been any significant change. 
Okay, so when do we anticipate it, it becoming law, becoming something that uh, that operators have to have to okay. be aware of? Okay, the the bill is likely to um, become law in the sense of it has royal assent within the next couple of months. But the government have already said that it will not immediately come into effect. So once the bill um, has been passed, the government is going to publish and then consult on a code of practice. And the code of practice will be statutory and it will cover things like what does the word fair mean what does transparent mean what does good practice look like Mm. and the government have said that the code will have what the standards and principles are and the businesses will need to have regard to the code in the way they operate Mm. so what that means is that they can't be a million miles away from it and they have to get to the, the the same end place but the way that one business may do that may be a little different than another business The government have said that they expect that the legislation will start to take effect in early 2024. Um, And just because of the way that things like tax years, business years, minimum wage years fall, my expectation is it will be the 1st or 6th of April next year when it actually comes into effect and people will need to be ready for it by that date. Okay. I mean, Heath, is this on your radar? Is it something you're worried about or concerned about? I I, I suppose because I'm... My staff have full transparency of what I do with the tips, like mm. how, how it's managed. We have a trunk master and all that, and I give them all. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There's no, I've always believed in that because I grew up in hospitality and I'm not some big multinational company using the money to bolster wages and move money around. I think there's going to be a lot of big companies who are going to be absolutely uh, been using you know, tips as part of income. And I think they're going to be really like not for a six on this because their whole business model and their P&L is just going to be shaken to the core. Mm. So I think, you know, I'm, I, I've got nothing to worry about. I think I'm, yeah, whatever. Is, is that the kind of bad practice that, that you were talking about, Peter, in terms of those, those the, what, what, what do we, when, when you say bad practice, what, what do you mean? Not necessarily. The things that the government are particularly concerned about is where a business may say, we are going to keep a, um, a large share, an unreasonable share, and we're going to keep some of that money to cover our other business costs. We are not going to give that to the staff um, so that when a customer may pay a tip or a service charge, only a percentage of that ever ends up in the hands of employees. So how much would you say is unfair then? What would would the government consider um, unfair? The, the, gov- the government's view is that 100% of the face value of the money needs to go to customers. So if I'm a customer and I pay a £10 tip, then £10 should end up in the hands staff. of staff. Okay. The argument from um, the sector has been that it costs money to collect this. So, for example, if I pay a £10 tip on my credit card, mm. the business doesn't get £10. Mm. It gets £10 less the fees that are charged by the credit card companies and the merchant service providers, um, and that businesses should be allowed to cover that cost before passing the rest well, of the staff. Peter, that's an interesting... Now, interestingly... Peter, that's an interesting point. I was just going to say... Because yeah. that also applies to VAT. We're covering the charges for the government. We're collecting VAT on behalf of the government and we're also paying the charges Indeed. associated with collecting VAT. So the government are aware of this and think we should be allowed to do this. Therefore, they should also allow us to deduct our charges from our VAT bills. 
a, a, a valid yeah. point. It's no, probably it's slightly a, off topic. Though. No, but I'm just saying it's the same <laughs> thing. It, it, if they it, can understand it, that, it, then they it, should understand that. Yeah, it's it, it's not quite the same, but um, I think what people have looked at is to say that there was some very similar tipping legislation introduced in the Republic of Ireland last year. Um, and the government in the Republic of Ireland have specifically allowed hospitality businesses to cover the transaction fees that are charged by third parties. Now, the government here have chosen not to do that. The concern is going to be that will be, a for many businesses, cost. a new cost that they have to meet. And with all of the other cost increases that businesses have got at the moment, not least energy, mm. that for some people, they may genuinely not be able to afford to meet that extra cost. Um, and that there is a risk that they may then simply say, well, fine, we will no longer allow our customers to tip on card which ultimately could be to the detriment of the staff who will now end up getting a lot less money. So it will be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, but those are the sort of issues. Um, that's an example of an unintended consequence mm. that was raised in the Lords at second reading. I mean, that, that is the, uh, the joy of, uh, of government uh, legislation or, or involvement in any situation is the, uh, uh, the, the phrase unintended consequences or, or anything they touch turn to shit. I mean, it, is, are we worried? Do we think that that's going to be um, the situation here? I mean, you've mentioned one there. Are there, are there other concerns? I, I I don't think it will it, it will end up quite as bad as you su <laughs> as you suggest using a more diplomatic phrase. <laughs> I think there are the risks that were that, that were brought up by the Lords at second reading that could mean that people um, um, end up being disadvantaged as a result of this um, as well. So um, I, I think that what businesses will need to do is they will need to look and see how is this going to affect me? Firstly, on a practical basis, do I need to change the way I do something? Have I got new record-keeping obligations under this? Now, as an example, you may have a business that already says, we pass all the money to our staff they're now going to have a documentary audit trail that proves that mm. and their staff will be entitled to ask for that and to see that. Um, so even a business that thinks it's doing the right thing will still have some new obligations as a result of the legislation that's coming in. So any business that has tips and service charges does need to have a look and make sure, okay, even if we feel that we're doing the right thing, we just need to make sure that none of the aspects of this legislation can jump up and bite us unexpectedly. Perfect. Brilliant. Okay, Peter. Plenty for business to chew over, and clearly they need to bone up on this and, uh, and read up. So uh, we are out of time, unfortunately, but thank you very much for that. You're listening to the Lock-In Podcast with myself, Ed Beddington, Heath Ball and Nicky Thatcher. We're talking about tipping in this episode and it's an area that's a bit of a minefield for many operators. 4G technology can help and I'm delighted to welcome the founder of TipJar, James Brown, to the podcast to discuss. So thanks for joining us, James. 
Awesome. Thanks for having me. Looking All forward right. to chatting today. Good stuff. So, I mean, let, let's start. You're, you're clearly pro-tipping, uh, having set up a company to help with that. How do you view the sort of UK attitudes towards tipping? Um, you know, we're not like the US. We have a, we have a slightly different uh, uh, approach to it than they do. Um, but it is changing. I mean, how, how do you view that? What's, what, what, what's the situation from your, from your perspective? It's funny because I wouldn't really describe myself necessarily exactly pro-tipping. Why right. I'm pro is I'm pro-hospitality, I'm pro-looking after customers really, really well, mm-hmm. and I'm pro-making um, uh, sure operators have the best technology and processes in place to reward their staff and make their staff look after the customers uh, as best they can because as a hospitality operator, we know that if you look after customers, um, they're more likely to come back. Um, and it's much easier to win a customer to come back after you looked after them than it is to find a new customer. So um, looking at, especially if you're in a local, uh, you run local pubs or mm. you, you're in a local community, looking after your guests is top priority. So I'm probably, I'm pro-tipping because tipping is the end result of looking after a customer really well. Mm. Um, and in terms of the difference between the US and UK, um, obviously the wage structure there is, is so different to here mm. and, and, and people who don't operate or live there or haven't had experience running pubs there, restaurants there, it's really hard to kind of connect to it. But um, I, I couldn't say I was pro either 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 different um, uh, way of working, to be honest. Um, there's definitely advantages on either side. Um, mm. When people give great service in America, they get looked after really, really well by their customers. Yeah. Um, and um, I think that, it, it helps you reach slightly higher heights. I think it's, it's often compared service levels in America to here is um, is, is a little bit higher or, or often seen as, as better. I don't necessarily agree, and I think that um, I think if anything, I think there's a middle ground between the two 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 the two different ways of working together. I mean, that's a fair point. Yeah, we do. The, the Americans do lord themselves as the, the sort of uh, the capital of that service, like a great service, all the rest of it. Whereas UK, it's uh, certainly in Heath Pub, it's more service with a snarl. Yeah, uh, the, the money incentivized <laughs> over there, though. They want, they want, you know, 20, 30% tip. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's what their thing is. Their wages are low, I suppose, depending on the state, but they, they want to hustle and they want to make money and they want to be like good at what they do. Mm. Over here, you turn up, oh god, manager's taking all the tips, I'm not going to get any money, oh, screw that table, I'm not going to serve them. But when you get Americans in, everybody wants to serve the Americans because I'll tip them well. <laughs> the irony. Americans and Scottish. American Scottish people, what, from what? our data, Scottish people tip. Glaswegians uh, tip tip really well. So. Really? No, oh my god! That flows surely against all the stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. No, is I know. That? Not, that, not that I've weighed those stats and I've not nudged those stats in the right direction, definitely. <laughs> I mean, do you think we're seeing a slightly different sort of, um, or a changing attitude towards tipping in the UK? Because I mean, it is it isn't something that we're we're sort of that is innate within us. It's one of those things that we always kind of feel a little bit awkward at when the bill arrives and you kind of, well, do we leave a tip? Do we not leave a tip? Is there a service charge or not? What is there? A, is there a change in that at all? Do you think, James? It's funny. I would say yes. I know this question, and I grew up with my mum being an avid soap fan, so uh, all three of the British favourites, Emmerdale, um, Coronation Street and EastEnders. And, and my first interaction with kind of tipping as a youngster watching these shows was that one for yourself was such a hmm. such an often used phrase, right? Yeah. So maybe we're not fa- we're not famous for, for tipping in terms of large percentages, but I think that recognising great service and um, especially that local service is something that we, we do. So I would say that um, we're certainly changing, um, mm. um, but I think that um, often people say to me, oh, people in the UK don't tip, and, and I would always argue against that. I think people, especially the one for yourself over the bar, is such a common 
phrase and I remember being a bartender saying do I take one pound do I take two pounds mm. uh, nowadays you're like do I take five or ten probably because <laughs> of the prices some, some, some of the the product are there um, but um, but fundamentally I think that um, customers do want to say thanks for, for good service whether it be UK or American staff I think that people want to be looked after Absolutely. So tell us a bit about tip jar then. What what is it? What um what, how does it work? What do you do? Well we started off really uh, I started off really naively, if I'm honest with you. Um even being an operator, I, I uh, Greedog turned their sixty second location uh, so Canary Wharf. We opened our sixty second location in Canary Wharf and it was cashless. And we did it for a bit of a laugh to be honest. We did it for PR perspective if anything we took bitcoin across the bar we linked the beer price to the stock exchange so we've got a good oh, day in the market place, yeah. and, 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 and yeah, yeah it was directly opposite barclays bank and then um, we just had a bit of fun with it and day one we realized there were so many benefits you didn't have a power ranger turning up in like with a baton and a, and a height and like a, a stab proof vest and all that stuff to pick up your change i wasn't yeah. paying a manager um uh, to count five p's and two p's in the office that hadn't been touched for a while i wasn't counting safe three times a day i didn't have a safe um, I didn't have a key stuck in there at three in the morning as well, which is really good. So we, we, the benefits of cashes were, were dramatic. Um, and this was in 2017. The one downside was that tips were, digital tips became more difficult mm. and staff wanted more transparency about how we treated them and cash tips disappeared. Um, and whether it be, whether you're walking away with two pounds or not, that two pounds to a bartender on minimum wage or for us the real living wage um, was getting, the, getting home. It was an extra pint on the way home. It was five quid was the ability to go out with their friends some people are young parents like Ben who's one that is the CEO of, of Tip Jar he used to take the, the coins home and fill up his meter when he was a bartender mm. there's all kinds of uses but that instant liquidity and control of your money is really really important and um, so I started off uh, on my own um, and I tried to fix a problem with a, an app where you could download an app and scan a QR code I get immediately realised customers don't want to do anything different um, mm. if they do want to tip uh, and they certainly the, the second point that I realised was that um, the problem was much bigger than the payment. Uh, getting money in is actually a really easy technical thing to do. The hard thing was about managing splits, sharing yeah. money, um, how you spread it to the kitchen, and doing that in a legal compliant way. So um, from 2018 onwards, we've invested roughly four million pounds in what we see as um, the world's leading uh, tip solutions. So we can take tips from any source, from credit card machines, we can handle service charge, and... Um, we can handle money from delivery apps. We can handle money from pay-at-table apps. So you name it, we want a central place. So what we're trying to build here is the Monzo for tipping to enable staff workers, st- staff and workers to have control of their money, have full transparency over it, um, and be able to spend it instantly. That's our kind of goal. Mm. And over the years, we've managed to get a guy called Gary Dolman, who's one of the co-founder of Monzo, to come and help us on that journey. So he's on our board, an advisor, uh, and an investor in our business. And we're just really excited about it um, because we're now in US, um, UK, Ireland, Germany, France, Spain, Italy. We're about to go live in Croatia with a client. Um, and it doesn't matter how you collect tips, we can help you take the pain away from that and, and effectively empower staff to look after it. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And going back to the beginning where I said I'm pro hospitality, staff who think they're going to get the tips. I think someone said earlier on that uh, the people would like. Um, potentially the modern employee would maybe huff and puff saying the manager keeps all the tips so I don't know where it goes yeah. I'm not going to look after that client for me having a whether you're in an office or whether you're in a, any environment having a bonus scheme in, in place for your workers to get productivity and performance up high tips are effectively that incredible uh, bonus scheme to, to make sure your staff are looking after guests well and if you can empower them 
with control over that process for me that's that's why that what's what makes pubs and restaurants better I mean in terms of sort of a, 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 what kind of operators is, is tip jar suited to because I, I mean you said you can sort of integrate in a variety of ways I mean Heath has a service charge on his on his dry on his on his food um, but not on the wet um, yep. I mean the what Most people eat at my place, though. So. Well, this is true. Uh, yeah, I mean, how, how would um, how would tip jars sort of help Heath in that sense? Would you say? Well, effectively, we would effectively uh, what we do is we um, the customer pays the way they normally pay. What we can do is we can insert our technology into those payment processes where we filter off the tip. And it, you understand that new legislation is coming down the, down the tracks for, for tipping. Mm-hmm. Effectively, what we do is we keep that money outside the business bank account, so we effectively pick it up and and. We run it um, from where the customer pays right to the staff member as quickly as possible. So we're like a logistics firm for tipping, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, we automate, we talk to all your systems, and we automate that split process, um, and we effectively do away with having to have a kind of formal trunk committee, etc. It's all empowered by the team and data-driven. Okay. Hey, you sold? And, and, yeah. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot there. <laughs> I mean, um, but yeah, we, we deal with anyone. So we deal with Domino's UK tips. So we can do, do one-to-one driver tips. So we can. Um, mm. and what we effectively do is uh, help operators focus on what they need to. Op- like, it's so hard to be an operator nowadays, right? It's so mm. difficult. You've got so much on. You've got to run social media. You've got to do everything else. The two or three hours a week it's taking you to admin your tips and to do that on a spreadsheet and send it to payroll and your staff to get it thirty days later. It's just not worth it for us. And um, yeah, we, we we want to do it better. Just freeze you up. Yeah, no, but hold on. But I, I run a weekly payroll. It takes my manager. He's, he's running the wages anyway. It's just the same file. He just copies the hours over. It takes doesn't take that long at all. And then we just send it off to accounts. They process it and send it back as a file and it's done. Would you be unusual in doing that, though? What? Being organised. <laughs> <laughs> in my business, probably, yes. Yeah, I was going to say. I well, mean, yeah. well, I think there's a couple of things. One, we enable people to go, like, a lot of people are moving towards monthly payroll now, so we enable that to happen. So effectively, in a world where cash is so tight in a business, moving to monthly payroll is, 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 a, is a big benefit for pub operators. Mm. Um, and secondly, yeah, I think going back to that point, this is not about admin saving, although that is a benefit. I definitely This is about saying to your staff, I, staff member knows exactly to even know who the name of the person that tipped you um, they know exactly what's going on and they can spend it that night so um, we tend to see when people people tip, tip during a business whether it's a restaurant or a delivery company or a Domino's you get less sickness because people turn up because they know they're going to get a tips that night mm. they can effectively replace cash so when I was a bartender and I wanted to go on a big night out or I wanted to go on holiday or I think I wanted to go to Zanti one year. I kind of went to work and I made sure that I looked after this. I was actually on floor in the daytime and bartender at nighttime. I looked after the section two and I did everything I could to get every inch of cash out of that section for about five or six weeks. Then I converted it into, into pesetas at the time every day so I didn't spend it. And getting your staff to come in and just have that extra five, ten percent in the way they talk, talk to the customers, those customers will spend more and they'll come back more. So I agree that it's not just about admin. It's about yeah, but what about your, what about your chefs? What about the rest of the team that don't have table contact or bar contact? Oh, of course. They, I mean, I suppose it depends on how you split those, how the team wants to split those tips, right? So, we don't do just do one-to-one tipping. We we do we effectively replace that trunk system. We've got points. We've got you name it. And we we can handle it. Um, and I think that um, it all comes back to that piece of connecting that in those employees to their performance. Um, and likewise with chefs, right? How many times have you not left a tip or not left a service charge because the food was fantastic, but the staff was a bit grumpy, or 
um, or the other way around. The staff was amazing, and the feed went back three times. It was cold, or they got it wrong. Whatever happened, but the staff member nailed that service. The ability to be able to um, to tip anyway, I think, is really important for us. Yeah. And that teamwork ethic is really important. Good stuff, good stuff. And, and one last question, James. Throughout the time, but are you? I mean, is this a system that is? I mean, you've talked about hospitality and you've, I mean, you've mentioned some big names like Domino's and things like this. I mean, is it something that, that pubs are embracing, though? Because um, that, that's maybe a slightly different area to, to some of the others. Are you getting traction in the pub pub and bar sector? Sure. We've got solutions that fit all different types of people. But like um, for me, obviously, BrewDog is a, is a pub and bar chain. And, and uh, when we put this into our, into our business, um, we did it over different stages. But the latest version of our integrated solution staff are delighted they're earning four or five times as much tips as they were before we're seeing guest satisfaction go up which is great and they we don't hear a peep like my entire operational life as a bartender manager supervisor and um, yeah running restaurants and, and, and bars around the world before tip jar tips were on the agenda right because someone was quite unhappy with a share or the chef didn't realize how it was split or how the tips worked out last week Giving them full transparency on that entire process is critical, um, and I think it makes it makes teamwork much better. Um, but I would say that we're 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 in trials in a couple of well, we're in trials on three of the biggest pub operators in the UK. And then we've got what's called a tapped tip box, which effectively is that one for yourself thing I talked about earlier in, in Coronation Street and Rover's Return. Uh, There's the kind of most famous for me when I was younger, and that one for yourself. You can just tap your card or your phone on the device and it'll take a payment every one or two pounds and uh, it goes directly to the staff member that mm. served you fantastic brilliant okay James we are out of time but thank you very much for that awesome thank Cheers. you very much Cheers. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast, and we are at the end of this episode. So we learned a lot about service charges. Uh, any top tips you'll be taking home, Heath? Sorry, um, yeah, maybe I'll that. just get a job as a waiter. Top tips, I've just got that. Oh, God, I mean, I, I worked on that for days. Oh, oh just go over our head now, because no, I wasn't even paying attention. terrible. I've, I've, I've blanked out half an hour ago. Um yeah, like you know, since it's it's a really decisive thing, isn't it? Though, because everybody wants to know where the money's going, and you're trying to run a business. It's it's not it's not cut and dry because everybody does it differently. Mm-hmm. You know, operators who pay, you know, pay minimum wage plus another two pounds, and they guarantee that all the time. But yeah. then, how much money are they banking from the service charge? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, it but needs... is that fair? Is that unreasonable? Is that reasonable? I mean, what about if they're not getting a service? Hold on, nothing you, on the service charge. Yeah, but they, they will be because you imagine what's the point of coming in on a really busy night? You might as well just pick up the shifts Monday to Thursday lunch. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There's no one's, you know, there's no. You want to be? I don't know. I just think that in my eyes, you get more the money. Everyone's happy. Everyone makes great money. We get more people coming in the hospitality because you can make more money in hospitality than you can as a doctor. But you, you just said there's no incentive then to come and cover the busy shifts or whatever. If you're splitting it evenly between the staff, yeah, but you don't. You run it. You, but we run out. What we do at the red, we run out. Um, who was we, working that day? No, different points as well. And there's bonus. There's, right, there's, okay. point, there's a point structure to it all. Like you know, staff test your knowledge, and you, the more the more knowledge you know, and the more you work, and all that. And it's a hierarchy. Do you know what I mean? You get so, more share of the tips. Yeah, you get more share of the tips. Uh, so if you've okay. been there longer, you make more money. If you've just passed your coffee exam, if so you've done you get more than anyone else. Is that yeah. what you're saying? No, I don't give <laughs> shit, mate. <laughs> but they, you know, what I mean, there's an incentive for them to learn as well. So we, we structure it as an incentive. Mm. Like, oh, if I've just passed that test, if you've done your coffee training, if you've done your wine test, and, the, and you build your 
wet. So you, you actually why, create... Why are we only hearing about this now? I mean, we've been through an entire know. podcast on it. Yeah, but he's I... sat there playing on his phone, ignoring. Getting to the end, and he starts saying interesting shit. Yeah, but this is what you. But this is what this is what you do with the trunk system. That's what you should do. Like if you're just going to give everybody the same amount of points, yeah, there's no incentive to be better. Or, you know, like so. Mm. The longer you've been there, great. You get more points. Mm. I've been here two years. I get more points. Mm. So you, you create an incentive. And mm. um, I mean. Government legislation's coming in. I mean, we've we've talked about it's a sledgehammer to crack, crack and nut, all that kind of stuff. Typical unintended consequences. I mean, it sounds like you can't claim costs back under the government that, thing. Is that like that's a bit that's really unfair? So now we're picking up extra costs. Mm. So not only are these guys making potentially in a lot of businesses a lot more money, but you're also managing you know all the credit card costs, the banking costs. You're you're payroll guy running all your payroll, girl running your payroll, you've got all something you're going, hold on, hold on, we're processing, say you process five grand a week, and then suddenly you've you've got all the costs that are associated with, you know, four, five, six, six, seven, 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 seven. So they should, there should be some reality there, and the government should go, okay, you guys can claim 10% or 5% back for admin. Mm-hmm. Got, should be, we shouldn't be picking up costs. No. And these guys, you know what I mean? It's not, I'm always about fair, that's why my guys get all the money, but I don't want to be it shouldn't be the detriment of, yeah. of, of the operator, yeah. should it? Because yeah, then you'll like, just turn around and go the other way. Yeah. You go, well, fuck it. Well, we're not going to do it. No. Yeah, yeah, we go then, okay, we'll just go back to a cash cash business, a uh, cash tip business, but no one carries cash. So then we've got admin. Like, it's oh. another bit of red tape as well. It's just it? bullshit. It's you know what I mean? We're getting so, we're so heavily regulated. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's ridiculous. So I don't want to be paying, I don't want to be stomping up loads of costs. What did you? Th- I've been thinking a lot about what Jay said in the, earlier on, and that it, like he doesn't think it, it do- isn't fair to the sector. It doesn't doesn't really portray the sector in a good light to say that you basically need to earn tips to earn a decent wage. What do you think about that? I found that really interesting. Well, like, like, do you think we should just all get paid like thirty quid an hour and we're all happy to come to work mm. and that that's the way it is? Mm. We're, we're not a socialist country. But the, I mean, he did, he did make a point. It, it does put you in a servile position. It does sort of say... We are, Ed, we're in a servile position. We serve people food and drink. They talk to us like shit. They drop food all over the floor. They, their kids run right in the place. But since we're paying a 12.5% service charge, they can do what they like. Do you know what I mean? It's like they don't. We well, are. You complain in a, about that, so maybe yeah, if you it, took that away and then stop them behaving. Yeah, but we can put so. a charge. Rather, hey, let's take away the let's, service charge and we'll put just put the, your kids a little shit, fifteen <laughs> percent. Do you know what I mean? That charge. Like, they, uh, they 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 trash the place. They do. Yeah, but what do you do? Like we, we all just get in New Zealand and Australia, we get paid a lot of money. We're part of unions and we're treated with respect. In this country, we're treated like shit, and that's the big problem. So you want cold hard cash rather than a thank you, as Jay oh, said. Fuck, thank you. Thank you's not paying the heating bills this year, Jay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, thank you. Oh, yeah, it's so gracious, isn't it? What is this? But North it, Korea. But, but thank the, you. But he's, but he's saying you build it into the costs yeah. of the menu, yeah, but, so you're still charging yeah, people but, for but, it. But restaurants have done this. Mm. Restaurants have tried to do this, and it doesn't work because we'll go back. the way. Like Jay's saying, then. it's the tax structure. If everyone does no, it. No, but it's the tax structure. Lower the 80 to 10%, and then we can talk about this shit. Give us a chance. All we've done is tax, tax, tax. Now, more then we're going to get more tax on top of, we're going to pay more charges on top of the staff making more money. So then, hold on, then there's got to be some benefit here to us. What's the benefit for us? But then you've got companies who do 100 grand a week in, in their restaurant and they've got fucking 12 and a half grand. Mm. Do you know what I mean? In service charge. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He's suddenly going to have staff turning up in Porsches. <laughs> like, it's, you know, my guys are in a great living day. and they stay and we've got high staff retention. Mm. Are they turning and up that, in Porsches? No, they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt bought a bicycle, but I've never seen him ride it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, like it's, it just feels like we're just getting, you know, because there's some bad apples out there and we all get dragged down because of these companies do. Always the way. Yeah, always the way. Yeah. You, know, you look at all the legislation, pubs code, previous uh, oh. legislation, anything that they do in the pub sector, it, it, it yeah, oh, it's pubs code. Jesus. Turns to shit. Yeah. So, mm. I don't know. But like, it'd be great if everybody just tipped really nice and everyone was happy or, or they just made stuff great, made money. But I don't, like, we have to reform the whole tax structure of this country and it ain't fucking happening under the Tories. Do no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think we'll uh, we'll leave that one there, shall we? Um, uh, that is the end. Uh, thank you all for listening, all eight of you. Uh, we will be back with uh, more pub-related stuff next time, but in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. <laughs> Share far and what you... They do not want to miss an episode here. Stop laughing. Like, like. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you just completely threw me off that. Sorry. Share far and wide and tell all your friends. Uh, because uh, All your pub friends or uh, just any friends? friends. Yeah, anyone. Like, uh, anyone. I think it's, it, it's fun. Apparently, someone almost crashed their car listening to the last one. So, Because uh, <laughs> um, what? They were screaming at them. No, they were laughing, actually. I was going to say they were screaming at you, calling you an idiot, probably. But uh, apparently, they were laughing so hard. Almost crashed that car. At Ed losing the quiz. It probably oh, was me losing the quiz. That was tragic. Can, was we, can we not do any more game-focused quizzes, game shit? No, like... You no. loved it. I didn't. Only because I beat you two idiots. <laughs> 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 On that note, we'll see you next time.